Welcome to the Dream Factory. A warm, cozy, and extremely lovely place where only the most visceral nightmares and pleasure-driven musings of its residents are mercilessly extracted and sold for the pure enjoyment of others. The Dream Factory, a new novel by Mark Marcus. Now available on your Apple device, Kindle, and on Amazon.com. Go to CandleshorePublishing.com forward slash Dream Factory. The Supreme Test. For many, many years, the patriarch Abraham and his wife Sarah have been hoping and praying for a son. During this long period of time, God had often repeated to the aging couple his promise to make them the parents of a great nation. As the days tumbled into weeks, and the weeks into months, and finally years, Abraham wondered how God would fulfill his promise. And Sarah, at times smiling to herself, was quite certain she was now too old to ever become a mother. Then one day, a strange new thought flashed through her mind. Sit down, Abraham. I have something very important to talk over with you, dear. Yes, Sarah, my dear. It has to do with... Well, Abraham, I've decided to obtain a son through my servant, Hagar. Hagar? The Egyptian? Yes, why not? I will give Hagar, my maid, to you to become your wife. And, well, if she has a son, I, I can call him mine. Me? Marry Hagar? Yes, Abraham. But I couldn't do that. I don't think God would be pleased with such an arrangement. Why wouldn't he? Well, in the very beginning, when God created Adam, he gave him only one wife. But, Abraham, it's different now. It's customary in these times for a rich man like yourself to have more than one wife. Yes, I and know. And God said that you are to be the father of a great nation. Yes. Yes, maybe you're right. I hadn't thought of it in just that way. Then you will do it, Abraham. I'll make the arrangements for the marriage right away. So the proposed marriage between Abraham and Sarah's maid, Hagar, soon took place. Almost immediately, Hagar's attitude began to change. Because she was now Abraham's wife, she had visions of herself becoming the mother of a great nation. Hagar. Hagar. What do you want? You'd better prepare dinner now, Hagar. You look able, Sarah. Why don't you prepare dinner? You are my servant, Hagar. And as a servant, you are expected to do what I tell you. Now hurry and prepare dinner. I'm not your servant anymore. I'm Abraham's wife. I'm to be the mother of his child of promise. Hagar, you may be Abraham's second wife, but your position as my servant in this household has not changed. Well, Sarah, then as of now, my position is changed. From now on, I'm mistress of this house just as much as you are. Well, we'll see if you are or not. Abraham, do you love me, dear? Why, of course, Sarah, I love you. You are my wife. So is Hagar your wife. Yes, but you're the... F Sarah, 
What's happened between you and Hagar? Oh, Abraham, she's trying to bring discord and hatred between you and me. Oh, now I think you're exaggerating it now, aren't exaggerating. you? Exaggerating? Oh, she's a hateful woman, Abraham. She had the nerve to insist that she's mistress of your house just as much as I am. Abraham, you've got to do something about it. She just... my husband now, Abraham, and I... Well, are you going to allow the mother of your son of promise to be treated like the dust of the earth? Now, why do you ask such a question, Hagar? I want to know if you're going to continue to let me be treated like a slave. It's wrong, Abraham. I'm your wife, just as much as Sarah is. Hagar, what's happened between you two? Nothing. She... Oh, Abraham, she lords it over me. Just because I was once her servant, she thinks I still am. Well, I won't stand for it. I'm now your wife. I'm mistress of your home, and I demand respect. Forced to listen to the jealous complaints of both Sarah and Hagar, Abraham tried in vain to restore peace and harmony in his home. But Sarah, dear, Hagar is my wife. I don't care if she is, Abraham. She must leave. Leave? Yes. I want you to send her away. Banish her. She cannot stay around here another day. What's happened anyway, Sarah, dear, to make you so suddenly dislike her so much? She's trying to ruin our home, that's why. Well, she's telling everybody that she's now the mistress of your home. She's bragging about it, Abraham, and that she's going to be the mother of your promised son. Ah, so that's it. It seems to me, Sarah, dear, that you were the one who suggested Abraham. That I... Are you blaming me for all this trouble? Well, it was your idea. Why, it was not. You lost faith in God's power to give me a son, and so you, you married Hagar. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, we are both wrong. So wrong. I should have known this is what it would lead to. Sin always leads to unhappiness, jealousy and hatred. And we have sinned in losing faith in God and his promises. Well, are you going to banish Hagar, or aren't you? No, Sarah, I am not. Oh. She is going to be the mother of my child, the long-looked-for child of promise. I, I can't send her away. Then she must be punished in some other way, Abraham. That, Sarah, is up to you. She is your servant. You are her mistress. Deal with Hagar as you think best. Holy Scripture says, And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. Oh, it's so hot. But anything's better than being a servant to Sarah. Oh, flog me, will she? Humiliate me right before the other servants. Well, I'm free now. Free. Free. Finally, after many hours of walking through the wilderness, Hagar came upon a fountain of water. Lonely and weary, she sat down to rest. Oh, oh it's so lonely here. Not a soul anywhere, and I, I'm miles, miles from home, and friends. Hagar, <gasps> Hagar, Sarah's maid. You, you startled me. What art thou doing out here in the desert? I ran away. 
Away from my mistress, Sarah. Where art thou going, Hagar, Sarah's maid? Away. Anywhere. Just so it's far away from Sarah. I can't bear her any longer. Hagar, return to Sarah thy mistress and submit thyself to her. She is thy mistress, and thou art duty-bound to obey her. But I... Who are you that I should obey your command? I am an angel from the throne of God in heaven. An angel? All right, angel. I shall go back. The Lord of heaven bids me say that he shall multiply thy seed exceedingly, so that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Yes, angel. Thou, Hagar, shalt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Ishmael, which means God hears. Oh, angel, what shall I... He's gone. But God does love me, after all. Oh, God, thou seest me. I will return to my mistress, Sarah. I'm sorry, mistress, that I ran away. I... I'll try to be a better servant from now on. And I... I'm sorry I treated you so harshly, Hagar. It wasn't very kind of me. While you two are together, I want to say something. It is obvious that you dislike each other. It would be difficult to feel any other way under these conditions. Your inner feelings, well, there's nothing I can do about that. But I can and I will do something if you can't get along peaceably. I realize I am the one at fault, having lost faith in God, but I'm sure God will forgive us all our great mistake if we repent. The problem we have created still remains and always will. Therefore, Hagar, you are Sarah's servant, and you have a moral duty to obey her. Yes, sir. And Sarah, Hagar's is my wife and will be the mother of my child, and I will not tolerate you mistreating her. Yes, Abraham. Now, let us all ask God to forgive us for our great mistake, and then try from now on to live and act as he would have us do. Of yes, course, sir. Abraham. Just as the angel had said, a son was born to Hagar, whom she named Ishmael. Now Abraham rejoiced. Could it be that, after all, Ishmael was the promised son? More years pass. Then, about the time Ishmael had become 13 years of age... Oh, Abraham, the Lord will multiply thee exceedingly, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. I hear thee, Lord. As for Sarah thy wife, the Lord will bless her, and give thee a son also of her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Can a son be born of me, who am ninety-nine years old, and of Sarah, my wife, who is ninety years old? Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee as the promised one. As for Ishmael, the Lord hath heard thee. He will make of him a great nation, but Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and God will establish his covenant with him. 
exactly one year later. Oh, Abraham, oh, isn't it wonderful? Child, a gift of God. The Lord said we were to call his name Isaac. Think of it, Abraham. At last, after all these long years of waiting, we have a son, our very own son. And I'm so ashamed of myself, Sarah, for losing faith, for doubting that God could give us a son, even as old as we are. He's a beautiful child, Abraham. And there was great rejoicing among all the host of Abraham's encampment, all, that is, but Hagar and Ishmael. Until the birth of the baby Isaac, Ishmael had been regarded as the promised son. Now he was set aside, and in their disappointment, mother and son began to hate the child of Sarah, until Ishmael dared to openly mock Isaac. Abraham, I will not stand it another day. Stand what, Sarah, dear? That boy, Ishmael. And his mother. He and Hagar have been spreading it around among the servants that Ishmael, not Isaac, is your rightful heir. With this going on, there can never again be happiness in our home, Abraham. They must be sent away. Abraham was thrown into great distress and perplexity. How could he banish Ishmael, his son, whom he dearly loved? In his despair, he pleaded for divine guidance. The Lord directed Abraham to grant Sarah's request. In sorrow and deep regret, he informed Hagar, I'm sorry, Hagar, but I must send you away, oh. you and Ishmael. But, but why, Abraham? I'm your wife. Ishmael's your son. Last night, the Lord told me that happiness and harmony just aren't possible where there are two wives. The sin is mine, Hagar, not yours. But I've repented, and the Lord has graciously forgiven me. But what'll become of Ishmael? He's just a boy. What is to become of him? The Lord has promised that Ishmael, though separated from me, shall become the father of a great nation. Somehow, Hagar, God will help you find a way to care for Ishmael. When... Must I go? Now, Hagar, now. And as the Lord commanded, take this, a cask of water and these loaves of bread. They will last you until you can find some other means of livelihood. And God be with you. God called Abraham to be the father of the faithful. But, as we saw in our story today, Abraham's faith had not been perfect. That he might learn to trust and obey him fully, God gave Abraham still another test. As the second part of our story unfolds, we find that Isaac has now become a young man. At long last, heaven seems to have crowned Abraham with happiness and prosperity. Then. One night, as he lay on his bed, he heard a voice speaking to him. Abraham, yes, I am here. Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, 
and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Angel! Angel! Oh, did I actually hear the voice of an angel, or was I just dreaming? He told me to sacrifice Isaac, my son, Isaac. Why, I can't do that. Isaac is the joy of my old age. Above all else, he is to inherit the promised blessing. I, I can't sacrifice Isaac. Did you say something, Abraham? No, I... I think I'll get up and go outdoors for a while. The heavens, unclouded and clear, millions of stars. And God promised that through Isaac, I would be the father of a nation as numberless as the stars. If this be true, and God's word is true. How can I put Isaac to death? Oh, I must not have heard a voice at all. A delusion. Yes, yes, a delusion. But was it? Oh, what am I to do? Oh, God in heaven, hear my plea. If truly I heard thy voice, and if it be thy will that I sacrifice my only son, Isaac, give me a token, give me a special sign. Oh, I've been visited by the Lord several times. I'll go to the place where he usually met me. Surely he will come there and give me the assurance and sign I prayed for. It was here. The Lord my God visited me and repeated his promise to make Isaac a blessing to all nations. If he would just come now and give me further instructions. But Abraham waited in vain. Instead, darkness seemed to shut him in. Yet, the command of God still sounded in his ears. It must have been the voice of God I heard. I'm sure it was, and I, I must obey. I dare not delay. Morning is approaching, and I must be on the way before Sarah awakens. Returning to his tent, Abraham went to the place where Isaac lay sleeping the deep, untroubled sleep of youth and innocence. For a moment, the father looked upon the dear face of his son, then turned away. Next, he went to the side of Sarah, who was still sleeping. I should waken her to embrace Isaac before I take him away. Oh, Sarah, should I tell you of God's command? Oh, how I long to unburden my heart to you and share this, this terrible responsibility of sacrificing our son. But I can't. You love Isaac. He is your pride and joy. Your life is bound up in Isaac. And your love for him might make you refuse to let me obey God's command. No. I must go without telling you, Sarah. Forgive me. I 
Isaac. Isaac, my son, wake up, Isaac. Father? Yes, my son. Wake up and help me prepare a sacrifice. All right, Father. I'll call two of the younger servants to go with us and help us on our journey. What do you want me to do? Prepare some wood, if you will. All right, Father. The preparations for the journey were quickly completed, and with the two men servants, they set out. Side by side, the father and son journeyed in silence. The patriarch, pondering his heavy secret, had no heart for words. His thoughts were of the proud, fine mother, and what would happen when he returned to her alone without Isaac. The knife will pierce her heart also. That day, the longest that Abraham had ever experienced, dragged slowly to its close. That night, they camped near a small stream. I'll help the servants do up the supper dishes, Father. All right, my son. Father, something wrong? You sound ill, tired. Perhaps we'd better go back home. No, 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 son. The Lord commanded me to go and sacrifice, and I must obey his voice. I'll... I'll be all right. When at last... Isaac and the two servants were asleep. Abraham went a short distance away and spent the rest of the night in prayer. But no relief came to his tortured mind. No heavenly messenger appeared, bringing him words of comfort and assurance. In the morning, the four men once more started towards Mount Moriah. As they journeyed onward, the command kept ringing in Abraham's ears, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Slowly another long day wore away, then another night of humiliation and prayer. In the morning... Father, look at that mountain. See the cloud of glorious light that appears over it. What is it? Ah. It is the sign God promised. Sign, Father? Sign of what? Well, my son, when the Lord commanded me to come here to offer a burnt offering, he said that he would indicate which mountain I was to sacrifice upon. That is the sign. Oh. Son, get the wood. We will go alone to the mountain to make the sacrifice. Yes, Father. Have the two servants remain here until we have finished and have returned. All right, Father. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and gave it to Isaac, his son, to carry. And he took the knife and the fire. And the father and the son started for the top of Mount Moriah. Father? Yes, son. You have the fire for the offering and I have the wood, but, well, where is the lamb for the offering? Oh, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. Oh. And they came to the place indicated by God. May I help you build the altar, Father? Surely, my son. One of these days, when I am gone, it will be your responsibility to... Uh, get some of those rocks, my son. We must build the altar and offer the sacrifice. Yes, Father. 
there. The altar is built, and the wood is in place. But, Father, where is the lamb? Come. Come here a moment, my son. I have... I have something to tell you. Yes, Father? Son, you... You are to be the offering. I am to be the lamb, Father? Yes, my son. Did God command this, Father? Yes, son. With trembling voice, the father tells his son of the divine message he had received three long days before. At first, Isaac is filled with terror and amazement as he learns his fate. How easy it would be for him to escape. Yet he makes no effort to resist. As a child, he had been trained to be willing and obedient. And now, as the father tries to make the purpose of God understood, Isaac feels that he is being honored in being called to give his life as an offering to God. Tenderly, Isaac tries to lighten his father's grief. He gives his hands to be bound, and then himself to be laid upon the altar. Now the last words of love are spoken, the last tears are shed, the last embrace is given. The father lifts the knife to slay his son. My son, in the name of God of heaven and at his command, I lift this knife and in his name Abraham, Abraham, who is calling me? I am an angel from God. Lay not thy hand upon Isaac. Do not slay him. For now I know that you love God above all. You have obeyed him. You have not withheld thy only son from him. Oh, thanks be to thee, O oh God. Angel, angel, convey my love and gratitude to God in heaven. It shall be as you wish, Abraham. And because you have obeyed God, he shall bless you and prosper you. And in your seed shall all the nations of earth be blessed. Father, I hear a lamb. Yes, my son. It is caught in yonder thicket. We will offer it upon the altar. God did provide a sacrifice, didn't he? He did, my son. And never again will I doubt God. Always will I trust and obey him. Come, Isaac, my son. I will untie your hands. And together we will get the lamb and offer a burnt offering unto the Lord.